Hello and welcome. This is Lucas Taylor here for the Principal Centered Leadership and Ethics Management Class Course Project Week 1. So today we're going to be discussing a few things. First and foremost, the difference between a humble leader and a leader as a hero. So a humble leader is a person who really has no sense of ego, who cares more about the team's well-being and overall success rather than personal glory, whereas a leader is a hero is basically the opposite, someone that praises themselves and takes all the credit for the work of the team. So I've done some research and I've found two examples of these such leaders, and we're going to start with the leader as a hero, and I have chosen our president, Donald Trump. That's right, we're getting political week one, segment one. So buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. On Friday, March 13th, that was just this past week, at a press conference, PBS's Yamichi Alkindor pressed the president about why he refused to take responsibility for disbanding the White House Office for Pandemic Preparedness. That was done in March of 2018, and now with the current coronavirus pandemic going around, it is in hindsight a regrettable decision, to which President Trump replied, I just think that's a nasty question. This information is all coming from James West over at motherjones.com. And that response from Trump really embodies the leader as hero, as someone who doesn't take responsibility for their shortcomings and doesn't take responsibility for anything at all. Couple that with the fact that earlier this year, Trump had boasted to the media about disbanding certain government programs, such as the White House Office for Pandemic Preparedness and uh, and similar programs that would be beneficial during the coronavirus outbreak right now. However, when it's not beneficial to him to brag about this, he simply denies it and avoids the obfuscates. He, he doesn't take responsibility for his actions. Compare that with someone who is more of a humble leader like Mr. Dave Filoni. He is the creative chief in charge of Star Wars television right now. He played a key role in producing Disney's The Mandalorian, The Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. These are Star Wars-based TV shows that have come out in the past five years to incredible fan reception and critical review. And he said earlier this season in the, the fall, right when The Mandalorian was coming out, ultimately, I have a unique point of view on the whole thing because I was fortunate enough to be trained by George. He says, I've always seen my role as almost more of a caretaker and a shepherd of this galaxy. He said this in an interview with Adam Rogers for Wired.com. And you can just tell the difference between his leadership personality and Trump's because he sees himself as a caretaker and a shepherd of this galaxy. He's not in charge. He's not forcing it to go in a certain direction. He's just caring for it and, and trying to see what's best for it. Next, we are going to be discussing the difference between operational leadership and collaborative leadership. Operational leadership is the typical sort of conventional method of leadership, at least historically speaking, where it's more vertical, there's a, a tier-based system, everyone has a boss, everyone answers to someone, and that 
boss manages his subordinates in a rather direct and authoritative manner, whereas collaborative leadership is more horizontal. They're not necessarily superior to anyone else, but there's a it's typical with projects. There's a project manager who is instrumental in carrying out the project, but he's also leading his project members to fulfill the goal together. He's not necessarily their boss, but he is collaborating with them in real time to get a common goal done. So if you ask me, I think that there are three very important traits for the operational leader, and those are intelligence, perseverance, and ability to enlist cooperation. Intelligence and perseverance, I think, are rather obvious. You know, it's good to be smart and dedicated to a a goal in everything in life, especially in operational management. But the ability to enlist cooperation, I think, is really important because that, I think, is just another way of saying respect. A manager needs to enlist respect from his employees, especially if he's going to be a direct supervisor like the operational leader is. If his employees don't respect him, they're not going to really follow his directives as clearly as an operational leader needs his employees to. So the three categories, the three traits for collaborative leadership I chose are charisma, judgment, and humility. And those are a stark difference between these traits and the traits I chose for operational leadership, because for a collaborative leader, I think you do need to be charismatic because you're not superior to anyone else, but you need to get these co-workers to follow you. And in order to do that, I think the easiest way is just be charismatic, get their help because they want to help you because they personally like you. Um, I chose judgment and humility because it's also going to be very important and at times challenging not to become that operational leader, but to remain on the same level as your co-workers and continue to work with them and not work over them. Lastly, we are going to discuss the different types of leadership I've experienced in my personal life. So first, I'm going to give an experience of someone who I had that was more of a supportive leader. During a summer internship in St. Louis in the summer of 2018, my boss, Ted, gave me a week off to travel 600 miles to my hometown in Cleveland to be with my family when a loved one passed away. And that is an example of supportive leadership because that decision was not based on the operation of the company or financial gain that was based on supporting me as a person and my personal needs. Next, I have an example from when I was in high school working at a movie theater. My manager, Miss Rund, was a very hands-on manager, let's say. She, She wanted to be more of a micromanager. She always wanted to know what every employee was doing at all times while on the clock. She would give specific tasks and then expect the employees to speak to her when they were completed. This was an example of directive leadership, that sort of hands-on, do this at this time, and not really trusting the employees to take care of themselves. In college, I took four classes with a professor, Dr. Rubik Garabaghi, and he was an example of participative leadership because he would always offer out-of-class problem-solving sessions. It was an engineering program that I was in, so problem-solving was very important to the 
course. And he would always offer those sessions out of class and work with our class on exam dates and deadlines. He was very easygoing and would work with us. We would say to him, you know, we have a couple tests this week. Can we maybe push this off? And he would he would always be happy to work with us in that sense. And lastly, my senior design professor, also from my undergraduate studies, he assigned my team a very challenging project to complete in our final year of our undergrad. And he stressed improvement in problem solving and technical ability rather than the final product. So this is an example of achievement-oriented leadership, but it's unique because the achievement-oriented the achievement was oriented not towards the designed product, but more towards ourselves as students. He wanted us to improve ourselves in terms of design work and teamwork as opposed to fulfill this this product. And that was an example of achievement-oriented leadership. As for which of these methods I found most effective, I would have to give it to the participative leadership that Dr. Rubik Garabagie displayed in my undergrad studies. That was such a unique way, especially of managing a college course of leadership, because there was something I had I'd never seen before, first of all. And it was just so helpful in terms of time management and work-life balance. And it really made me respect him more. And it helped me study a lot more for his classes. I have no doubt that I performed better in those classes because of this style of leadership. And that's all we have for today. We will be back in two weeks for part two of our seven-part series on leadership. Until then, have a good day.